Hey guys, welcome to episode number 22 of Prospect Barn. I'm Curtis Ratner. Today I'm going to give my quick recap of how the Stanley Cup final ended. Obviously, Bolts winning it in five games, making it back-to-back boat parades in Tampa. Uh, I'm also, now that the protection lists are finalized, I'm going to go over what my prediction for the initial Seattle Kraken roster will be, and then I'll wrap up the episode with a recap of the recent trades and free agent signings from around the league. Starting with Tampa Bay, obviously. Uh, They won it in five games. They're just such a fun team to watch, man. I can't stress that enough. They had so many guys playing through injuries. Just to run through them really quick, you had Barclay Goodrow, broken hand. Ryan McDonough, broken hand. Victor Hedman, torn meniscus. Uh, Nikita Kucherov, cracked rib. Alex Kalorn, broken fibula. A bunch of Warriors, just true hockey guys. Uh, Great team. Back-to-back champions. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky was unbelievable. He had another shutout in a clinching game. That makes it five straight, dating back to last year's Stanley Cup final against the Stars. Uh, This team's going to look very different next year, though. There's no doubt about that. To everyone that said they were cheating, though, just just shut up, honestly. I'm, I'm sick of hearing that. Uh, all 31 GMs agreed to that, including your favorite team, so just stop. I do think that rule changes moving forward because of what happened, but they didn't cheat. It was the rule. They were playing totally in the rule. It took advantage of a bad one. Uh, Kucherov wearing that 18 mil over the cap merch, and then his press conference after they won. I thought that was all hilarious. I loved every second. I understand. I understand. People were just so annoying about that online, talking about how classless it was. Like, yeah, it probably wasn't the classiest thing I've ever seen in a post-game press conference. But, I mean, all people do on social media these days, I feel like, is complain about how NHL players have no personality. They're all robots. There's some personality for you. I think you're allowed to be excited after winning back-to-back cups. And I mean, not to mention the guy was waffled in the presser. So it is what it is. The guy's a legend. He's a great player. Say what you want. Like, yeah, maybe he could have played, but the fact that he hadn't played and still came back and did that in the playoffs that are taking almost a year off is ridiculous. That's pretty much the end of it for Tampa. They were just the better team. Montreal, they had such a good run. You know, and I, I really do feel for their fans because they were just so passionate and they care so much. But, uh, I mean, Tampa Bay was just the better team when it really boils down to it. I don't think anyone was beating them this year. I don't even think Colorado beats them. And I said I said all year I thought Colorado was the best team. But this Tampa team, getting Kucherov back, is just a different animal. So as far as the expansion draft goes here, I filled out my little uh, mock expansion draft, whatever you want to call who they pick from each team. I'll run through it for you guys right now. I'll start with the forwards, and I'll start with – this is actually coming from Frank Saravelli saying that essentially the Flyers are trying to get Seattle to trade for Voracek. They're trying to get them to take Tarasenko and then trade for Voracek. Pretty much what it boils down to is a lot of moves going around, but it would end up being uh, Hag, a first, and Voracek to Seattle. And then Tarasenko would come back to Philly, assuming Seattle takes Tarasenko. So with the first two, that's one across the board. I have Voracek from Philly, and I have Tarasenko from St. Louis as the guys going to Seattle. Uh, Next up from Montreal, I'm thinking Jonathan Drew, and he's still only 26. He's under contract for two more years. And I know he had a chance in Tampa, and now he's one in Montreal, and he's really never panned out. He was hurt for a while. But I just think this guy still has something to prove. I think he has the talent to do it. I think it's a good play for him. Another change of scenery could do him wonders. 
another guy that I think needs a change of scenery is Max Domi. Obviously, very disappointing year in Columbus. A lot of people thought Columbus won that trade with Josh Anderson and Domi, but I mean, after that first year and now not protecting him, I think you can completely flop that. I'd say he might most likely ends up in Seattle. Another guy that could use a fresh start under contract for one more year, five point three a year, maybe a little bit more money than he seemed to be worth last year, but I think he can still live up to it and be a, a very good NHL player for them. Uh, from Tampa Bay, I'm thinking Yanni Gord. I know Pilat was also an option that people tossed around, but I think Yanni Gord's just a more complete player. Pilat played with Kucherov and Point. I think that definitely helped him a little bit. But I think Yanni Gord's such a complete underrated player. He can play center, he can play wing, wherever you need. Under contract through the 2025 season. Seems like the perfect fit for them. Uh, from the Isles, it was between Josh Bailey and Jordan Eberle for me. I ended up going with Josh Bailey. I think he's just a more complete player. Eberle's a little bit too streaky for me. Uh, from the Sens, I went with Genny Dadanoff, which maybe is a little more money than you like to pay him at five a year under contract for two more years. But I think he was the best available player there, and that's kind of what you have to do in most situations with these uh, expansion draft guys. You take the most avail- best available player most times. From Colorado, I actually don't think they take Landis Cog. Based off what I've heard with the contract discussions between Colorado and Landis Cog, I don't think he's going to take anything less than what seems like, I don't know, eight or nine a year, which I'm not even sure he's worth, honestly. It's up for debate. I'm not saying he's definitely not worth that much. I think it's close. Depending on term, I don't think someone could give it to him. I think someone will, but it might end up being a hefty thing to hefty contract to pay on the back end i am thinking don scoy though i don't think he would sign in seattle so don scoy played on that first power play for them this year under contract for two more years 3.9 a year it seems like the best play from pittsburgh brandon tanev under contract through the 2025 season making 3.5 a year uh plays penalty kill very well uh good player i think he's just the best option there I know that a lot of people were, you know, speculating who they might end up taking there, but I think Tanov is the best option. From the Leafs, I have them taking McCann. I know they just traded for McCann, so I think this is a little bizarre. Maybe they know Toronto knows something that we don't, saying that they traded for McCann and then didn't protect him. They maybe they know Seattle won't take him for some reason, but as far as I'm concerned, he's the best available player. I think they take him over Kerfoot. From Nashville, I have Cal Yonkro going there. He was great for them when Nashville won on that 2017 Cup final run. I think he he plays center and wing, under contract for another year. Seems like the best fit there for me. From Arizona, I'm thinking Christian Fisher, under contract for one more year, only a million dollars, not too much. He's a potential to be a good NHL player, so he's got the skill set, hasn't really panned out so far, only 24 years of age. From the Hawks, I got Ryan Carpenter again. Someone that he's going to be more of a depth guy for them. I don't see Ryan Carpenter thing. I don't think he has any high end skill or anything like that that some of the other guys I named do. But I think he's the best option for them in Chicago. From the Rangers, I have them taking Julian Gauthier. I personally think the smartest move for them would be to take Colin Blackwell. But I could see them going Gauthier. He's only 23 years old, big body. Has a lot of skill. I think Gauthier could turn into a very good player, but Colin Blackwell was great for the Rangers last year and in seemingly his first real chance in the NHL. Uh, Jujar Kara going from Edmonton. I think he's a little bit underrated as well. I like his game. He actually, despite the Oilers being just 
despicably bad in the playoffs. I actually thought he played well. Only 26 years of age. He does need to be signed, though. These next two guys also need to be signed. Ryan Donato from the Sharks. I don't think Ryan Donato would want to stay in San Jose necessarily. It's not like they really have much of a future there. I think Seattle could be a good spot for him if they want to pay him, give him a little term. But I could also see him hitting the open market. So it is a risky play by them. I think only if you think you can sign him do you do it. And obviously they know way better than I do the chances they have of actually signing him. And the same goes for Andreas Athanasiu. That guy is so fast. I still think he can click in the NHL. I still think he can be a productive player. He's only 26. I think Athanasiu is the right move from the Kings. On to the defensive end. From Calgary, it's pretty obvious. Mark Giordano, he's one of Norris. He's a vet. He signed for another year. I love that for them. From the Caps, I was debating between Brendan Dillon and Carl Hagel, and I ended up going Dillon. Just a veteran blue liner again, someone who needs. Signed through 2024. Uh, from the Devils, I took Will Butcher, someone who's never really panned out to be as good as people had hoped. Uh, the Devils ended up not protecting him. He's still only 26. I like him to go to Seattle there. Uh, from Winnipeg, I'm taking Dylan DeMello. Again, I think an underrated guy. Signed through 2024. Seems to make sense. Uh, a lot of these guys that I have them picking are players that I just feel are underrated, so maybe it's a little biased, but it just seems to make sense for me. This next guy as well, Troy Stetcher. I thought he had a solid season in Detroit on not a very good team. Signed for one more year, only 27 years of age. Uh, Hayden Flurry from Anaheim. I was trying to side between him and Shattenkirk. Ended up going with just the youth. One more year at 1.3. He's only 25. Connor Clifton from the Bruins. Two more years at a, at a mil each. He's only 26. I thought he had a breakout year. From the Stars, I went a little bit... Uh, I don't know if it's a shocker, but definitely not what I've been seeing other people go for sure. I'm thinking Julius Honka. He was the 14th overall pick in 2014. He's never really been a mainstay in the NHL. He's only 25. I think he's still got room to grow. Obviously, the talent's there to be taken that high. I think that's the best play for Seattle, taking from Dallas. Um, William Borgren, I have him taking from Buffalo. Just kind of a, you know... Defensive prospect with a little bit of upside, not really too much to take from there. And then Jake Bean, another young defenseman who's pretty solid. I have him taken from Carolina. The three goalies, I had them going with Holpe from Vancouver, Kakanen from Minnesota, and Drieger from uh, Florida. It seems pretty, I don't know about known is the right word to say, but there's definitely been multiple people reporting out there that Drieger's going to sign in Seattle long term or at least a few years, you know, four plus your contract, so that seems to be one of their guys. You got Kakanen and Holpe, draft them both, maybe try to move one. I'm not sure exactly. Those are the three best options I think they have in net, and that pretty much wraps up the team. Obviously, it's so hard to actually predict because you have no idea what different deal teams are going to make. Oh, we'll throw you this guy also if you don't take him, that kind of stuff. It's so hard to actually predict, but the way it's set up right now, assuming none of those deals happen, which some will, I'm just saying it out loud now, but... If none do, that's the best roster I think Seattle can create for themselves at this current moment. Uh, I'm excited for the expansion draft. I'm excited to get to 32 teams. I'm excited for TF Seattle's going to do. I think they have a pretty good chance of having a solid team looking at this. There's a lot of good players out there. And, I mean, looking at this roster and looking at the Knights roster, that first year before anyone knew how good they were going to be, I think you can make a strong case. These guys have the tools to be on paper, a better team. And everyone knows that Knights team went to the final, but there's so much that has to happen, right? For Seattle, you never know how it's going to pan out. But I mean, I'm looking over at this team again right now, and it looks like a playoff team to me in a Pacific division that is very weak outside of the Golden Knights. 
I'd say Oilers are two, probably Vancouver three, maybe. I don't even know. But a very weak division outside of the Golden Knights and Edmonton. Uh, after that, I'm going to move on here, do the trades recently that took place in the NHL. A lot of trades have gone down in the past couple days, so recap all of those for you guys. Uh, most notably, starting the first big one, Victor Arvidsson to the Kings, going back to Nashville. You had a 2021 second and a 2022 third. Uh, I like this trade for the Kings. Arvidsson's obviously not the player he once was. The Preds free up from Cavs space. The Kings get a veteran guy to come and help the young guys. I like it for both teams. Uh, I wish Arvidsson the best over there. He's a very easy player to root for. This trade stirred up a lot of talk here. Duncan Keith going to Edmonton with Tim Soderlund. Caleb Jones in a third going back to Chicago. Caleb Jones... I think he's a solid defenseman, a room to grow. He could probably be a top four defenseman in the NHL, a solid one. Uh, the thing that a lot of people didn't know when this trade actually happened with uh, Edmonton taking on Keith's full salary is that if Keith retires after this season, which I think is a very good possibility, then Oilers will actually free up like an extra three and a half mil in cap space for the upcoming season after that. So that's a if that's the plan, if Keith does plan on retiring, I like it. Other than that, uh, Keith's obviously nowhere near the player he was, not even close. I'd say there was a three-year stretch there around the, I don't know, somewhere from 13 to 16, somewhere in that time. I think he was the best defenseman in the league, along with like Carlson and some other guys. But, yeah, I mean, he's not the player he once was. He'll be great for the vets, I think, uh, or he'll be great for the young guys. He's an experienced vet. He's won three cups. He's won a con Smythe. So, Again, I, I can't hate on the trade just yet. If Caleb Jones turns out to be a little better than we all thought, maybe it doesn't not great trade looking back. But again, if he retires and they get that extra cap space, they make a free agent signing next year, who knows? Uh, the next trade, Ryan Graves to the Devils, going back to Colorado, is Maltsev in a 2021 second. I think the only reason Colorado did this trade is because they thought they were going to lose Graves in the expansion draft. That's the only thing I can possibly think of. The return is not nearly enough for what Graves should get, so that's the only logic I can possibly think of right there. Good on the Devils for getting a good young defenseman at the same time. This next trade on paper is interesting. It's Nick Letty to Detroit, Panic in a second, going back to the Islanders. And looking at the trade on the surface, I feel like the Islanders win it, but I'm never going to doubt Stevie Y. I'll believe in everything he's done, and I'm not going to count the Red Wings as losers because I'm sure he knows something that we don't. This is very interesting right here. Jared McCann, I touched on it a little bit when I told you guys that I had him going to Seattle. He goes to Toronto. Uh, Philip Hollander in a 7th in 2023 go back to Pittsburgh. Such a weird situation to trade for him and not protect him. Again, maybe that's something I don't, but the way I see it, I think he's their best option to take. So I have them making this trade and then losing him for nothing. So very interesting. Uh, Three-team trade coming up right here. Uh, once it gets broken down, really, it's Ryan Ellis ends up in Philly. Nolan Patrick ends up in Vegas. Cody Glass and Philip Myers end up in Nashville. I like this trade for Nashville and Vegas. Uh, Philly, I'm not quite sure of. I think it's safe to say they're definitely out on Seth Jones at this point. But again, Philly, I don't really know where Philly's at. Is Philly in a win-now mode? Is Philly going to try to do a click will rebuild on the fly thing? I'm really not sure. This move doesn't really, i say it puts them a little bit more in win-now mode, but it's still hard to say. 
Uh, Cody Glass is a player that never really panned out in Vegas. Never really got a, a legit. I mean, he had a couple chances, but never really stuck on the team for a long time. I think a fresh start is just what he needs. And then Nolan Patrick, very similar. He's somebody that has just been hurt his whole career, concussion issues. I think if he straightens those out, he could be a good player. So, again, for Nashville and Vegas, I do like the trade. Uh, next notable one, Barkley Goodrow over to the New York Rangers for a 2022 seventh. Chris Drury is pretty much giving up the seventh there just to get the initial rights to negotiate with Goodrow, and it appears like they've done so. I'm seeing it's going to be 3.6 a year for six years. I don't love the term as a Ranger fan. I think Barkley Goodrow is an experienced guy. He's won cups. He can play center or wing. He'll be a bottom six guy. He's never scored more than eight goals or 26 points, though, so he's not a crazy offensive guy. Elevates his game in the playoffs for sure, but again, I would like less term in that contract, but if they front load it, who knows, it might not be bad at the end. Uh, the Rangers make another trade. They get Nick DeSimone. They send Brett Howden out to Vegas. Now, I wish Brett Howden the best. Very nice young man from what it seems. Uh, wasn't the best player on the Rangers, I thought. I know a lot of Ranger fans agree with me on this. Uh, Brett Howden seemed to hurt the Rangers more than he did help them. Killed penalties, but again, they just... I was not the biggest Brett Howden guy in terms of all his production on the Rangers. Again, I wish him the best in Vegas, but I am happy to see him no longer in New York. Uh, Arizona acquires Andrew Ladd, a 2021 second, a conditional 2022 second, and a 2023 conditional third, all just to take on that contract from the Islanders. Now, it does seem like a lot just to take on that contract, but it frees up some space for the Islanders. Maybe they can go out and make a big free agent move now. I talked about Bavillier and Pelic, the guys that need to re-sign last episode, but this puts them in a position where if Landis Cog and the Avs don't figure it out, maybe they can make an offer for Gabriel Landis Cog. I don't know. So we'll see what they do with that extra cap space, but that does seem like a lot to give up just to free up some space. Uh, those are pretty much all the trades. Moving on now, I'm going to go into the free agent signings that we just saw these past couple days. Starting most notably here, I'd say Brandon Carlo, six years, 4.1 a year for the 24-year-old to stay in Boston. I like that. His development has been solid. I think it's a good move by the Bruins to lock him up for another six. Teddy Bluger resigns in Pittsburgh. He's getting 2.2 a year for the next two years. I like that. I think he's an underrated centerman. Great defensive game. Doesn't put up a lot of points necessarily, but uh, very solid two-way forward. Uh, Gustav Forsling and Anthony Duclair both re-sign in Florida on three-year deals. Forsling making 2.66 a year. Duclair, three. I like the Duclair contract. The Forsling one is what it is. I don't love it or hate it. I think Duclair probably could have got a little bit more in the open market, so you got to like that if you're a Florida fan. Uh, Brett Ritchie staying in Calgary. He's making 900000 a year for one year. Uh, not too much to talk about there. Julian Gauthier, the Rangers re-signed him on that one-year deal, like I said, and then expose him. He could go to Seattle. I think he does end up doing it. Uh, Morgan Geeky, Morgan Geeky re-signs one year, 750000 in Carolina. Uh, the biggest news probably is Miro Haskinen. He cashes in his big ticket, eight years, 8.45 a year for the 22-year-old defenseman, and he's a stud. you got to love that for the stars. you got to love that for Haskinen. Uh, he's a great young player, and I'm glad he got paid. Uh, Freddie Clayson resigns in Tampa. Not, let's do there. And Andy Green resigning one year on Long Island, 750000 per year uh that pretty much wraps up everything i wanted to talk about the expansion drafts coming up soon i'm very excited for it 
after that comes out, I'll do a recap uh, episode recapping that. I'll also do also start my ex, uh, entry draft, mock draft, and all that kind of stuff. Get into that because that's right around the corner too. Uh, hopefully, this offseason goes by pretty quick. I know we got again this expansion draft and the entry draft coming up, so a lot more hockey news bringing for you guys soon hopefully uh, other than that just uh, have a good one and talk soon